Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's the final week of our Australian Film Month. That's right, we came, we saw, we barbecued. We have watched a whole load of lovely films, and we're finishing with your choice. Uh, The audience were asked to pick what Australian film they'd like us to review, and we are watching 2000's Looking for Ali Brandy. Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Anna Sheehy. Hello. How are you, Anna? I'm fantastic, thank you. Looking for Alibrandi. What do you know about it? I had to Google it to double check if I'd seen it and forgotten it or seen the poster or seen the book cover. Mm-hmm. I have seen none of those things, I can right. guarantee. I have zero knowledge of this film. Excellent. So all you know is that there is somebody looking... For Ali Brandy. Ali Brandy. Which could be anything from a pasta sauce to a human being to a kind of potato. As far as I'm concerned, I have no idea. What do you suspect it is? Probably a man. (laughs) Probably a man. Looking for a man named... I think probably a gentleman named Ali Brandy. Okay. Well, joining us as a guest who has seen the film (laughs) and Mm -hmm. knows exactly what the Ali Brandy is, (laughs) it's Jason Doley, everybody. Hey, everyone. How are you? Uh, I'm going to answer for them all. Uh, We're good, Jason. We're listening to the Cinema Catch. The great podcast comes out every Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. No, you know, I like to be regular. Um, (laughs) Looking for Ali Brandy. Yes. You have seen it. I have indeed. I can Um, tell you what Ali Brandy is. Not a potato. Well, it's the main character's last name. Uh, And also the family name, too. So, yeah. Excellent. So we're looking for... Somebody whose surname is Alibrandi in, mm. in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way. What what can Anna and indeed myself, as first-time viewers, expect from looking for Alibrandi? I guess the best way to sum it up, it is an Australian kind of coming-of-age teenage film uh, story that kind of looks at yourself, well, looks at the character and kind of how, kind of yeah, reflects yourself back in like you know everybody's kind of look for what they are which is hence the title Mm. looking for kind of where you fit set to essentially an italian australian uh family Mm -hmm. i think third generation from memory it has been a long time (laughs) Mm. i think it's been 16 years since i watched it okay maybe maybe even 18 i watched it around i think maybe yeah i think i was around 16 at the time okay and were you watching this for educational purposes no i wasn't actually i know a lot of australians um have read it as part of their curriculum but no we um i didn't i just kind of watched it all right so, yeah well uh guys are we ready to go looking for alibrandi yep yes. it's always in the last place you look <laughs> all right and for those of you listening at home pop in your dvds and prepare for what according to the dvd cover is a hip soundtrack featuring killing heidi spider bait and lotel it is looking for alibrandi Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching Looking for Ali Brandy. And by we, I, of course, mean Jason Dolly. Hey. And Anna Sheehy. It's me. Anna, that was your first time watching <laughs> Looking for Ali Brandy. It was. What did you think? Um, I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. And there were some parts of it I really enjoyed and some really wonderful sort of evocative moments. But I never quite... It was, it was a lot of family conflict that sort of pulled the film through, but I never got like the the key conflict or like that moment, the high-low moment, mm. sort of just high-lowed all the way through, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, kind of warbled. Yeah, like you, I was sort of waiting for the real drop and the thing that was probably the most sad thing, which traditionally would be the real low in a movie, was quite brief and didn't really hit me in the way that normally um, like a loss like that would. And that happened mm. quite early and quite quickly as well. Yes. So um, I was sort of, I was waiting for maybe something sad like that to happen. And then it did, and then I was like, oh. Mm. And we keep going. Yeah. 
I guess you're specifically talking about um, John Barton. John Barton. Yeah, John Barton's suicide. Of John. suicide. Yeah, yeah, which um, didn't necessarily come out of nowhere, but was fairly une- unexpected. I would actually say it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, you, you can. T- he talks about being trapped and having yeah, lots of expectations, but yeah. he's not. He doesn't sort of hint at anything, seemingly. No, he kind of essentially. Um, yeah, just kind of it just happens, and yeah. there's no. I guess there's some like I guess modern we have a much better understanding of suicide now I'd say than we probably did in 2000 at least culturally and generally. Mm. So it kind of just you know dead poet societies himself and that's about the end of it. It was a little dead poet society. Yeah, it, yeah. maybe it's just the hair. It, it, could, it could be, be yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be the the young schoolboy uh, look that, that yeah that he yeah. Had. In some respects, I felt like that was a fairly. Uh, for some instances, like accurate representation that a lot of people think that, you know, there's a young person under pressure. They think they're doing fine. No one really knows. They just assume. And then something really tragic happens. Mm. But in the context of the film, because it happens so quickly and then the recovery from it is not that I don't think it do, slow. The, you know, it's fairly quick. That mm. we well, I don't know if it's ever quick or if it's just like it just sits with the rest of the film. Yeah, I, I would I would argue that the point is like you know the John Martin thing happens and that's low and then it comes up a bit and then it's just there like I mean and that is what that kind of thing does to you it doesn't mm. leave you it's not a point to get over I mean in in in, in film and in certain plot related things I'd say that you you want this idea of getting over that and getting strong mm. and so you, on you and want you, a resolution yeah and mm. and you don't get that and you know truth be told I've not gotten it for some things that have happened in my life like that too yeah so and it's just it's part of you and that's even what you see with um uh the boyfriend gavin uh jacob I think. Jacob, jacob yes yeah. I, knew, I knew it was a douchey name <laughs> <laughs> so anyone you gavin oh, or jacobs ouch. out there <laughs> yeah and to gavin jacobson we're doubly sorry <laughs> I, I i have to agree with um what you're saying anna in terms of it feels narratively unsatisfying in mm. terms of I, I, I have not read the original book, so I don't know whether the style of the book is in quite segmented chunks like parts of this film feels. But it almost feels as though it's a bit like the line that Michael Andretti says towards the end of the film. It's like I started reading part way through. And yeah. it almost feels like it finishes part way through. Like it leaves a lot of questions like, do her parents actually get back together? Does her mum ever forgive her nonna for lying about who her father was? Will she and Jacob work out? Probably not. But yeah. like, <laughs> there's a lot of those unanswered questions, which on the one hand is narratively unsatisfying, but on the, on the other hand is kind of, I guess... Truthful? Truthful or yeah, like a slice of life. Yeah, yeah and sure. I guess that's it, because this is a young adult book. This is very much that, and... I mean, if you think back to your life back then, if you just tried to summarize, you know, literally your final year of high school, yeah, it is a completely unfinished book. It is mm. kind of similar to that with all those mm. stresses and things that happen. Yeah, I, I suppose it's, we usually see the end of someone's schooling career or time that final year usually is a year of summation, even if it is to move on to further stuff. Like, mm. we don't find out her test results. No. The, 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 no, yeah. she wants to go to the University of Sydney to become a lawyer, yeah. which obviously yeah. she'll need to do very well to do, and we, we have no idea. Yeah. We just see her content with her family, which is sort of, I guess, the main transition of yeah. the film, mm. is she's happier and more comfortable with who she is, at least in like sort of a heritage kind of way. Yeah, she and yeah. I think it is interesting that... that um, I, I think she has a very clear sense of who she is at the start of the film. In terms of she's very... Who she's going to be, for sure. She argues yeah. back but a she's lot. Also, she's, yeah, she, she's very clear on what yeah, she She's incredibly sarta- sarcastic because she doesn't like her Italian yeah. culture that yeah, much. Yeah, this is somebody no. who's watching Daria, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think there's that. And then also, you know, her culture technically doesn't even like her. Well, yeah. Because there's this she's idea... She's a cursed of, child. She's, she's one of... Yeah, there's the cursed part of the family, mm. which cursed is... Cursed women. Her grandmother, her mother, and her. Mm. Um... So that's kind of interesting, or at least it's a it's a point to start with. I don't know, and I guess that's it. Like she's stuck there in this thing and having to kind of be, and that's kind of how you feel sometimes as a kid too about things. You feel like you're just stuck in this culture or this family that is just draining on you, and you know it asks so much of you, and you don't get very much of it mm. from it even. Yeah, and I think this is a really good example of that. I mean. Mm. We did um, the Godfather Part Two uh, a few a few weeks back, um, and mm. 
I just always think being a member of a big Italian family is going to be very tiring, even even without mm. the the organised crime yeah. as depicted in that film, <laughs> like the, the organisational part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, just just like in this in this you know the Tomato Day stuff, and you, you know it's just there's so many people and they've all got different attitudes. It's hey, I'm not dead, I'm over here, like that kind of thing. Mm. I I do, I I find I think it's really fascinating how that is depicted in film um, as being this very full on experience. And I think this film does a really good job of showcasing that there are it, there are negative aspects to it, but not that Italian families are a negative experience, but mm. that they can be. And I think mm. this explores that, particularly because this is a film about an Italian family where men are not the focus, which is quite unusual yeah. for films about that, because normally it's about the dynamics between, like, brothers or their father figures or yeah. you know I've, I've, it's about strength and yeah, whatnot or, or this is about yeah or the son that's fallen out with the mother or i want to mm. marry a non-italian why are you do with this to me because they have to do it in that kind of like kind of <laughs> played up accent sure they do yeah <laughs> absolutely um but the yeah looking at this and looking at how it affected these specific in quotation mark cursed people yeah um I, that bit i, I quite liked I, I quite like that we get it, it's not just Josie um, mm. that we're focused on. We focus on her mother in sporadic segments, and then we have a slightly more focused look at her grandmother. Yeah, and, and it, it takes time. It is all about mm. like mm. her immediate feelings. Yeah, with um, yeah, with her mother and finding out about her dad, mm. um, and then and her so dad on. turning up. Which yeah. I don't think they communicated that very well in the film because no. when he first turns up and is looking at her. <laughs> it looks a bit romantic. It's. I was really worried. I think I said out loud, "I don't like this" because yeah. I didn't like it. it, was, it <laughs> we're very close. There's a lot of eye contact for a gentleman who's just rocked up at a house with a. Mm. But then it's explained in the next scene. Yeah. That it, that that's her father, but he doesn't know it. I think he's working it out at that point, which yeah. is why it's so it's intense. Just the, it's like, you look kind of like me. Yeah. But again, that comes into the coming into the middle of the story kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, whoa, okay, that took a turn. And it, oh, it's a fun. Okay, that's fine. Like it was, mm. it was quite uncomfortable. And maybe that's a conscious decision to create a feeling of discomfort, which did exist between yeah. Michael mm. well, and Well, she used to say like, just like, literally have like freaking out yeah. as soon as she sees him because she works out yeah. immediately because... I mean, as far as he knows, he's you know it, it shouldn't have happened or it never would have. Well, like, it, sa- you know, it sounded nothing. as though he and Christina had an agreement to terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. yeah, and then she changed her mind after he left. Yeah. Mm. Actually, sorry, just to backtrack for a moment because I think someone just said that it's unusual that it's a sort of a female-centric film for mm. like Italian-based families. Yeah. I do think it's interesting though that this is a story about women, which pretty much all of like the dramatic points are based on decisions men have made about their lives. Yeah. So, mm. and it is about, the curse seems to be well, like, these a, women are independent or they've made yeah, no, choices that are outside the cultural norm, yeah, but yeah. it's still all the repercussions come from men's decisions or them making decisions to say, I know the only good outcome from the situation is if I continue to like, you Appease. know, well, she, yeah, like to actually go back with her husband, even though she doesn't love him, yeah, with her with child that, like, with and that the, sort of thing. I would argue that maybe like the grandmother's decision very much so like mm. she even says it at certain points it's like she's she kind of had to but i feel like the her mother's choice is kind of the opposite because that is you just get rid of it then everything's fine mm. and she doesn't go through with that like her father's he even says like you know i didn't think she'd stand up to her father yeah for to keep the baby mm. and you know they talk about how horrible that was for us or is and that's maybe the point it is that you know a curse is actually just essentially they're replacing the word curse with independence in a lot of ways yeah. for mm. this which is kind of nice yeah in a way. like it, it's, it's it's strengthening in a way yeah i think it's it, it's certainly a um an, an interesting look at at what is quite a patriarchal um, in in the literal paternal sense, as um, sort of social structure that these families have, and the fact that they're outcasts because they've gone a bit against it by you know and uh, you know all the all the sort of jokes or lines about immaculate conception and things like that, and all the kind of Catholic mm. kind of cultural Joke, guilt yeah, that's on yeah. top of the the sort of Italian culture stuff. Um, I think is really really fascinating. I I just don't feel as though this film communicates it that well. Okay. I think part of it is I, I agree with you on the um, on the the sort of lack of a a big high or a big low, mm. and I think it's because it feels as though this film is in very sort of 
there's distinct chunks which don't necessarily cross over that much. There's her troubles at school, um, and particularly with um, the 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 bully who's the magazine model. Katie maybe or C- Candy C- or Curly. Carly. No. Carly. Carly. That's Carly. It, yeah. 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 Um, which culminates in the best moment in this film when she smacks her in the face oh, with a book. Oh, so good. <laughs> that was unexpected and a joy. It is. I love it the is the point actually. Cut from it. It's yeah. so nice. <laughs> it's actually really where the the film kind of mostly picks up. I remember it mm. like it only kind of picks up after um, her crush's death. Yeah, when but, I first watched it, like it is like, oh, okay, 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 yeah, and go, yeah, mm. and that's where it yeah. really, like, it's okay, and you're kind of charmed by everything that's going on because I think this film is trying a lot to be quite charming. Yeah, like there's the things where she's imagining things, yeah. and like that changes how it looks and so mm. on, like that. Like it's a little imagining herself as uh, Saint Barbara. Yeah, getting, yeah, getting the head cut off. Yeah. And all exactly, that and that kind of thing, or when she's like thinking about what it'll be like if she dated John, and it's like all paparazzi mm. and so on, like that. It's I, I find that charming. Mm. It is kind of put off because it's heavy on the sarcasm, which is a very nineties thing. Yeah, like literally in her first monologue, she's just like being so dripping in sarcasm yeah. and mm. try to getting points across, and you are like, <laughs> oh, this isn't that fun. I mean, it it does make Josie. A little bit unlikable. It, it but, does, but, it, but, also, but it wouldn't have at the time. No. It, you would have sat there going, yeah, you're right. But also, I think part of that, and particularly relating to stuff about the curse as well, is that likability is kind of what got them in this mess. Like, yeah. wanting to be likable. So it makes sense that to have that protagonist as being someone who is a bit rude to people and is a bit hot-headed, but then again is also, you know, a 17-year-old girl. Like, mm. that that happens to, to people, particularly a very tense period of their life you know Mm. people at that age um do sometimes behave like brats and Mm. that's that's really interesting having a protagonist who you're meant to be rooting for who at times you're just like oh yeah and i think being dropped in the middle of that as well because like i was a i was a very good teenager and i would get Mm. confused at other kids who were like talking back to their parents or being really rude and that was from a not understanding that Mm. not all parental child relationships are good not um not all like grandparent, grandchild relationships are good. Some yeah. of them are toxic. Some of them have really bad expectations. And so we start this film and suddenly this girl is being really rude to her grandmother. Like in mm. my mind, she's saying, you know, she's being really impatient and all this stuff. And initially you go, oh, that's an unpleasant way to act. Yeah. But not to like, you know, say it's fine for those reasons. But there's obviously good reasons behind it. Um, I, I have to. Or at least a history of bad behavior between both of them. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. And I, again, maybe it's part of that being dropped into it. Um, yeah, you don't know wh- why mm. this is happening. But You're just like, that's someone's nonna. Don't be that way. But then we, we find out because we see that nonna is quite manipulative. Yes. Like when she yeah, drops like the box of photos. Kind of slightly horrible. Or just saying like, oh, everyone's cursed. And at that stage, I mean, I found the, the curse quite a... Uh, Confusing, um, yeah, a confusing you? concept. Sort of like, what is it? What is she talking about? Like, is it, mm. you know? Because I remember the curse coming up at the beginning and then coming up at the end. And I remember going, okay, is that the, the like when I was 14, not getting as much? Probably because yeah. I had actually gone through year 12 <laughs> at that point in time. Like now, I honestly think I like it a lot more than the first time I watched it. I, oh, I thought you were going to say you like year 12 more now. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I like year 12 more now. Thanks. To, it's a great film. It really does that too. If you hated year 12, watch it. Mm. No, I just... I really was, I really, really like this film, hmm. if I'm honest. And yeah. I don't know maybe if it's because, as I've kind of like, um, maybe it's because I like grew up in Australia mm. with that kind of thing. And while I didn't have cultural, as much cultural baggage as somebody of Italian heritage, hmm. um, there was still enough like family heritage yeah, as well. Because you've got um, a German background. Yes, but I would say that my family is very Australian. Oh, yeah, I've met them. They're, they're, yeah, they're yes. dinky die as they come. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, my dad's a farmer. Hmm. And um, yeah, so I grew up there. But like, you know, we have a German surname. Hmm. Um, and I'm always proud of you for pronouncing it correctly every I've, time I come on the podcast. I've been trying very hard. <laughs> yes, you have. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I, yeah I, I suppose that's fair. Um, Anna and I are not native Australians. Um, I was well, born here. You were born here. But sorry. I left at 18 months old. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you are, you are a, a born person of australia but yes. you grew up internationally yes very much uh, and mm. i of course was born on the other side of the world and then moved here uh, yeah. at the age of 14 actually so it was around that sort of, that mm. yeah, sort of so same time was there some of the school stuff that you kind of got a little bit a tiny bit my, my school experience here 
the, I suppose the year 12 exams were the yeah. only connection. And um, also, I, I, I have to say, listeners, I got very lucky with the exams. Um, I got into my university of choice through a media portfolio because I was doing a media degree. And I got the result that I was accepted by the university before I sat my final exams. <laughs> so that exam period for me was stress-free. Chilled out, yeah. Stephen. As so, soon as I found out, I stopped revising. I still did my best. But I was just like, no, nope, I'm just going to see how it goes because yeah. I could. So I guess, no, I didn't have this experience no, at all. Yeah, I, 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 I had a lot of experience it. either because no? I was homeschooled. Oh. And then I went through a, um, a course at a university to get into mm. the arts degree that I wanted. That was it. I've, I've been in like three exams in my entire life. <laughs> so wow. watching her in the study hall being like, you know, mm. writing the essays down, it's very alien to me. But I understand the concept because I had friends going through that stress and I saw mm. what it did to them mm. and gave many of them really serious mental health issues, honestly, um, going forward even into university. So yeah. So I guess I guess I was the only one. Maybe this is the reason I <laughs> yeah. connected with it yeah, so yeah. well. Yeah, is, it's just like it. And, I'm or, like, they or rather, look like Matilda. You, yeah, or why you guys didn't see it as much because I'm sitting yeah. there going I remember feeling like that I remember feeling like that I remember mm. feeling like that like you know all those things that kind of go mm. on but also I even went to a same sex a single sex school as well mm. so that kind of thing and like a lot of the relationships and a lot of the kind of pressures so and... you'd have been one of those boys that all the girls were checking out when they turned up <laughs> well you can ask the Carmen Angelic that's where we met how oh, is it yeah is that how you met she, Carmen went to an all girls school and I went to an all boys one so. and did, did they do yes like, really yes mostly through theatre surprise <laughs> wow <laughs> that's that, how we met that is a revelation I did there not you go. know that's yeah. really sweet that oh. is really sweet yeah and yeah and it's it, yeah I found I I mean I, I didn't go for a, a private school education despite my refined my uh, school is very private yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you were, were only two students yeah Super and a cat <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I did find the the um the the culture of the school i thought was going to be a much bigger part of the film because it's set up at the beginning of the film as being a key it's part very of accurate i'll be honest mm. yeah that's uh, that's how it is pretty much yeah oh, okay pretty much i mean it wasn't i didn't go to one of the overly well it was religious but it wasn't overly religious because mm. it wasn't catholic yeah but this one was quite catholic quite this catholic, was quite yeah. um mm. stringent i'd say yeah, although exactly. she did have the the cool teacher um, yes, who was yeah horrible but cool at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Sister so, Louise. Yes. She was watching out for people. She was. She, knew she, all. she was McGonagalling them. Yeah, yes. McGonagalling <laughs> the hell out of them. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, watching him with a porto because she mentions her job, like you know, saying getting her. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's got to take yeah. care of. Mm. You know, got to focus more even on your new job. And she's at like, a porto chicken. Yeah, a which is interesting because that mirrors the sort of like the nonna's spy element where nonna's yeah. got this whole ring of people who are watching out which for I this behaviour. It yeah. was very good. <laughs> Some of the scenes with the newspaper with the holes in or the mm. nonnas in sunglasses I just like one bit, as soon as something goes slightly wrong, you just see somebody in a car with a mobile phone. <laughs> You're like, like time to... <laughs> Except I, I, this tells you the, the time difference. I was going, why isn't she taking a picture? And then I went, it's the year 2000, Steve. <laughs> That's not how Let me visually describe work. how your yeah. granddaughter is messing up right now. <laughs> and just MMSing her. <laughs> yeah. Um, she goes to the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the dance, whatever it is. Um, obviously, John Barton's there, but they don't dance because uh, Jacob turns up. Yeah. Jacob, the uh, public school boy who did a pretty the good. The twenty four year old man. He looked twenty four. That's because he had the soul patch. He looked mature. Yeah. <laughs> but he did look like a twenty four year old man. Um, <laughs> it's but, a problem, like with with Spider Man as well. Like oh that my kind goodness, of thing. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like Tobey no. Maguire, like being a, like, it's like is this guy the teacher? Yeah, like is he just every time Peter Parker's around with everybody else, you're like, is he and James Franco like teachers? Mm. I think that, I think they're teachers. It's 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 odd, but mm. he who knows? I mean, that's he played kind of... immature very well. Yeah, yes. he did, and uh, yeah, like he he's a really interesting character because he does feel ancillary for quite large parts of the film uh, because there's the whole thing with with John between John and Josie, mm. and John is even like you know joking and saying you know like so how's my competition that kind of mm. thing. Um, and but then it's really interesting that after John dies, um, Jacob then ends up becoming quite an important part in Josie's life. But also the problems aren't fixed, and that's something I really yeah. like about how this film mm, works. I, I like because you guys were saying about how it's incomplete in a way. Yeah, but I quite like that because it is. I mean, I'm I'm not one of those people who needs complete and utter closure on everything. I'm happy to imagine things. Yeah, I don't need to know. Like, do how... you like or do you hate the ending of Inception? Um, 
I'm still waiting for the top to <laughs> decide what it does. And that's maybe it. I'm like, yeah. who, who cares? That's yeah. But, but for that sort of film, for Inception, uh, to spoil Inception, if you've not watched it. <laughs> We're comparing Inception to looking for other brand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair comparison. Thematically, they're very but, similar. But I feel as though the uncertain ending in Inception was very much the point of that film in terms yeah. of it, it's reinforcing that message about what's real, what's not. Ooh. This film, I, I feel, is more uh, life is messy kind of thing and and it gets that message across really well but i I think it's not so much that i think it's maybe yeah it just doesn't quite fit that three-act structure and not every film needs to do no it's it's just that that kind Mm. of movie which is you know that slice of life which i i think i do enjoy Mm. i think possibly has changed over the years to become a little more yeah, maybe like it's formulaic. better now than it was in 2000. Yeah, or we, we sort of figured out what people really get out of like the low and the high and the this is the journey I'm on, this is what I've learned and the resolution or the semi-resolution, whatever it comes to, mm. has maybe just evolved a bit differently and I'm used to the endorphin rush that that gives me of like, mm, yeah. finally, or oh, this yeah, is so we, terrible. Like, Whereas with this, that... it was like, sort of, you know, just a bit of a heartbeat rather than like mm. the erratic sort of up and down that maybe I'm yeah, used to. Yeah, it's more, yeah, it's, it, it is... More slice of life as life, mm, which I I think is a really cool look into that period of time. Yeah, yeah true, and it, and it flowed well. Mm. I felt yeah. like I don't think it was like do, do, like sometimes no. with a lot of slice of life things. Even nowadays, it is more like <laughs> it is. Oh, here's a huge high. Here's a huge low. Here's this. Here's mm. that. Well, this one kind of at least took some time as well. Like it, it, it but, and and everything mm. felt like it was okay and it kind of belonged there. There was no real scenes that jumped out at me as being like. Why? Yeah. Um, I mean, I quite enjoyed the fact that we had multiple arguments between these two teenage lovers, mm. um, between Josie and between Jacob. Um, that felt quite, not only true to life, but it felt, um, it was interesting. I don't think that's something, I, I certainly don't think it's something that you'd get as often in, say, an American produced or like if this was a Hollywood film that was looking for Alibrandi, but set in, I don't know, California or something <laughs> like that. I, I feel as though we wouldn't have, I don't think we'd have the scene in Jacob's bedroom where they're making out and it's starting to get serious. And then she says no. And the argument they have after that isn't about the sex. It's about class difference. Yeah. That and I is thought cool. that was really interesting. Mm. So, because it, 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 it's not a question of like trust or, oh, I'm entitled to your body or anything like that. Although yeah, obviously it, there, is, sitting, an, there is an underlying current of that. Slightly, yeah. But the the argument that he comes to is you still don't respect me. No, Like yeah. she even uses that line, I had to write it down. You know, you live without culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, which we know that she means you live without like that big family expectation. Historical yeah. culture. Culture, yeah. Because his dad's Cultural just, culture. His family's just a happy-going guy because his mum's dead as yeah. he brings up every scene he's in. Um, he's, Bergen Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah. Bergen Ben Mendelsohn's there. Just like, drop a cup of tea. Now we're having sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... I, I, I like the fact that the... the it, it wasn't a typical sort of teen drama and those... Yeah, like it could yeah. have just been about like... If you compare this to Juno... Mm. If you've seen that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it is... I feel like it's way better than Juno. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of... I've I mean, seen Juno, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, well, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one, one day. I'll save you for that, yeah. yeah. Um, we can complete our like, trilogy of coming-of-age <laughs> films. Yes. Um, it's... Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, um, like it's, I, and with, I think, with Juno, it's... And I think it's, it's quite, a, quite an interesting comparison. With Juno, you're just stuck there going, like, it, it is just kind of, would just kind of be about that more than anything else. While well, this one's at least got much more, yes, you said, underlying I've got tones. to admit, I feel like that scene hit me a bit different, but that could just be a different perspective. Well, fine. Yeah, well how did it hit you? Yeah. Um, as a bit manipulative and gaslighty, that he's making her feel like the issue about her not wanting to have sex with him is actually a class issue and that she needs to get over being a snob. Mm. But, but at the same time, I don't. I don't think he's wrong though, because she does. No, he's bringing up a legitimate point. But I feel like that's. I I didn't like his character, so I'm speaking from a point no, of I, being I, like I don't like Jacob mm, that much. Yeah. But he's basically it's probably I was just put off by his behavior when she starts to say no. He's all shrugging and sulky and upset. Yeah. And you can see him sort of start to bring in frustrations from other parts of their relationship which is the thing that happens when you fight with people like yeah. you always be mm. like oh there's this background other thing i'm pissed about time to bring that in 
But that, that makes sense. It's always I've, more awkward around sex, especially yeah. with young people yeah. and yes. someone having their first time and all of that. It always gets a lot more tenuous. And, yeah. you it, know, it's it, probably a realistic depiction of, of teenage relationship. Yeah, that specific scene, I, I guess it's because I, I was really pleased with how it tied to the narrative, didn't strike me as gaslighty. I did find some of his other behaviours made me went, ooh. <laughs> yeah. um, not, not in like a big, oh my God, he's awful kind of way, but no, just in a... Teenage, and it's all the beginning and then it's boy. like kind of gone by the end, like yeah. when she needs it. Or like when, like, you know, he's much more willing to be down to earth. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, he comes to the family thing. Yeah, yeah. that was a really he, sweet he ending for them, I think. He yeah. tries to engage in that in that. When culture. at the beginning he was like, I don't meet mums. Yeah, and then yeah. he shows up in the awful outfit and he's scratching his belly as she yeah. answers the door. And it's yeah. just like, ooh. Yeah, they're seeing that over the T-shirt. I yeah, think with, a and they're both look. stained. He's like, this is what I wear to go to the movies. Like, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I okay. was really hoping for, <laughs> during the movies, I was really hoping for a shot of, like, what films were on. Mm. Just so I could really date it. And just go, okay, yeah. It was Swordfish. Swordfish, yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Yeah, I, I suppose there are multiple perspectives on it. And specifically, um, like Jacob and all of these characters, but specifically the younger characters, are not fully cooked. Um, no. the, I, I think that's the nice thing, is that at the same reason we were... I, I was criticising Josie before for being quite argumentative. Had this film been... Uh, looking for smith or whatever jacob's last name was um if it was about him and his struggles I, I feel as though spending more time with him would probably lead to maybe a more critical thing about oh he hasn't learned that he's sort of not treating her as a person necessarily all the time or treating her i don't i don't think he treats her badly certainly not deliberately at any point but there are mm. little behaviors where i'm like you've got some growing up to do but mm. they all do and his his the thing he comes to at the end of it is he says he really wants to make this work more than anything else. Yeah, and that's a really good attitude to have. It so. is, and yeah, yeah, they all they all have these things to learn. We even see that with her with her parents. Yeah, with both with of them. Michael, um, um, Anthony Le Pallier's character, who's yeah. just kind of not quite getting it for a yeah, lot of the film. He, he either tries to take it, he takes it too far as being friendly or too far as being parental. Yeah. And he can't yeah. find the right spot. Yeah. As much as he tries. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's got issues with, a little bit with anger, um, mm. which we see through Josie as well. Um, yeah. With the book to the face. God, that was brilliant. That, yeah, I just almost <laughs> want to have an entire section just about the yeah. book to the face. Why do you do it with a science book? It was history. History. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but yeah, he, he like the fact that he's quite flawed, and they do butt against each other. But then he's he he doesn't go away to Adelaide at least in the course of the film. Yeah, you get the sense that he's maybe going to be there a little bit longer. He's going to try a bit harder. Yeah, and similarly with um, with Christina, the mum. Yeah, you get the sense that with finding out that her father is not who she thought, thought it, was. it was growing up, that maybe that which has and her father her was. A bit horrible to her yeah yeah and again you know he's just he's coming out of this very badly probably because he was a he not was a nice man no um <laughs> but but yeah she um I, I feel as though she is going to get that freedom i i did like the ambiguity of not knowing are they going to get back together maybe they shouldn't because it equally hints that she's going to end up with the sexy doctor he wasn't that sexy. Uh, I do have to I think say they were trying. To, they, he was ninety sexy, and that was kind I of. I don't remember seeing. He's the in one shot. You know, you know the shot I where she's, the sexy she's typing. She's typing up, and she's typing like on a calculator or something like that. And her, um, um, Albert, um, Josie's sitting there talking, saying, "Hey, you know, maybe you should date," and blah blah blah. And then she gets handed something. That was that was by. Relatively sexy doctor, depending no, I on think your I point of view. Most of that. I'm very but yeah, it, it equally yeah. sets up both because she's saying, "Oh, maybe you should," because apparently, and it's hinted at for a lot of it that the doctor's kind of into her. Yeah. So it equal like you can almost take away she ends up with Anthony Palia or she ends up with the doctor. Um, no, she refers to doctor as Elvis Presley or something. Oh yeah, because yeah. his surname is it's something like Presilio or something like that. Presilio yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's not Brazilian. That's way too close to Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but but I liked that ambiguity. Mm. I, I like the fact that it's. Um, I, I liked it in that one instance. Yeah. I think maybe maybe because I wasn't as invested in that storyline. Yeah, because almost all the all the storylines end up going well. We we'll look like we're going in the right direction, mm. and that's good enough. Mm. 
Like we don't get the like end of Animal House with a little summary of what happens. To yeah, the they're not all smiling at the camera and going like, <laughs> yeah, like the John Hughes. Yeah, she went on to become a lawyer and open the um, the John, John Barton, Barton Memorial. Trust. <laughs> yeah. She did refuse her father the first time he asked her to join his firm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that yeah. So yeah, ultimately, so like everybody wants to rule the world or something. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, oh, the soundtrack. Yes, we we yeah. we we we. we, we Plugged it before. Um, it's hip AF, kids. It, it is very hip. I kind of liked it. Um, but yeah, but, really, but that's when you're growing up. Yeah, that's yeah, your... that's also it. Like I was saying, like they have some songs there, and I'm like, oh, Silver Chair. I like that. I love Miss You Love. <laughs> uh, miss You, yeah. Uh, miss You, yeah. Miss Your Love, and like those kind of songs. So I guess maybe this is yet another point where it hits me. Maybe that's why it's. I would say probably I, I was more charmed with it than you guys. I wouldn't be wrong in saying that, would I? No, I think you. I think you're bang on. And again, I. I think my feelings are that it's it's certainly a. I was about to say it's certainly a film, which sounds quite cutting. <laughs> it's, um, this it, one was filmed, folks. Yes. They really did it. It it certainly is quite a um, a good example of a slice of life film, but I, I think my issues with it are maybe adaptational. I'd have to I'd have to read the book. This the, has made me want to read the book. The actually. general the yeah. general um, consensus from what I've read is mm. that the movie is better than the book. Oh. Right. Um, although most of the people I've heard that from have had to study looking for Alabrani and studying the a book joy out of it. can murder the <laughs> shit out of it. Yeah, I I do not like Cloud Street. Yep. And indeed, most I've avoided most things. So many people don't like Cloud Street. Yeah. yeah. Because I never had to do Cloud Street. I had to do Snow Falling on Cedars. And do you not like it? Um... I'd never really watched the film because nobody really knows as That's much fair. of a film. It's got Ethan Hunt and Max von Sydow in it. Yeah. But, you know. but then again, to to criticise the mid-2000s English literature programme <laughs> just for a second, um, we got to read To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I, I, I read that. Fantastic book. Yes, I still like that one. Um, we got to read uh, a book by an Australian author called Gary Crew. Uh, it was called Strange Objects. And if nobody's read it, I've not read it for a few years, but... I remember thinking it was really good. Um, mm. It's a book about a kid who lives in like a remote coastal town in WA who is, um, he finds on a school expedition a cauldron and in that cauldron is a mummified hand, a ring and a diary. And the diary is from one of the first uh, Europeans who was sent to Australia, um, Jan, Jan Pelgrim. Um Oh, the, the might might not be his name. Uh, one of the first Dutch, he was part of the Batavia. Oh yes, and then yeah. as punishment, some of they the were survivors, left there. We they were left on mainland yeah. Australia because they were like, well, nobody lives there, so <laughs> you can just die on this giant island. And the it was a like a fictionalized diary. Okay, so of, like, of of Jan, I think it was. Or yeah, I'll, it, was, I'll it would be a Dutch name of some description. That's a really good book, mm. um, or at least as a. 16 year old I remember yeah. reading it and going that's dope I do remember what I read kind of in lieu of this and it was um, October Sky or mm. Rocket Boys I've not read it but yeah that's that is kind of it was a 1960s 50s 60s coming of age thing where about these kids who are trying to work rockets um, because it's also the height of like the space program and Sputnik and things like that mm. and it's it's written it's a true life um, it's a true story it's based on the guy who wrote it who became a NASA um, engineer hmm. um, so yeah that was my one what about you Anna I think we're just doing this now <laughs> yeah. well I got to choose what I wanted to read because I was homeschooled because you were homeschooled so mm-hmm. I read a lot of um, Jane Austen <laughs> oh really that's not bad and did you spoil yourself on Jane Austen no because I again I I only had to read got... it once and then do an essay on it and I was passionate about it and yeah. I wasn't made to sort of analyse the, the crap out of it. Mm. I think the point is is that if they pick a good book, then you'll be fine. But if you pick something yeah. like Cloud Street... Well, yeah. no, I think the teaching around it is also important because if you get a mm. good book, but then someone tries to like read into every single yeah. line the author's intention and you get a bunch of like behind-the-scenes metaphors and stuff that's not necessarily mm. objectively there... You can sort of get a lot of mumbo jumbo that you sort of like, oh, okay, I guess we have to pretend that this is what the author meant, even though nobody knows and art is not as simple as that and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I I mean, also, I've not tried reading Cloud Street since I was 16, so it Mm. might be really good. Um, And Tim Winton also might listen because he is a local, (laughs) in which case I apologise, Tim, for not... Sherlock Holmes ruined for me a little bit. Because I actually, I did a class where I had to go over one of his stories a lot and... 
Yeah, I mean, that's the point. You can ruin anything. Done with the Hound of the Baskervilles, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, would you guys like some trivia about so, looking for Alibrandi? <laughs> How much is there? <laughs> not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but there is I, some. IMDb is usually not so great with purely Australian films. Yeah, so yeah. Not by George Miller. But, um, but we do have some trivia mm-hmm. uh, sourced from IMDb that goes as follows. The novel, Looking for Alibrandi, is the most stolen book from Australian high school libraries. <laughs> now, I actually have a copy of both Strange Objects and To Kill a Mockingbird from my high school stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. But I left Cloud Street. So that's, that's, <laughs> so that's my... For future generations. Yeah. Maybe that's why we have to read it. It's like, oh, this is the only book that doesn't get stolen. <laughs> It's always there. So that yeah. or an Asterix comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Senator Barton and his son John were named in reference to Australia's first Prime Minister, Edmund, Edmund Barton. Barton. That's just a... History fact. Nice as soon comic. as I said Barton, I actually looked at Stephen going, Barton. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, yep. Yep. That's the guy. Yeah. Um, now, Pia Miranda, who plays um, the titular Alibrandi. Josie. Um, she is Josie. Um has stated that her movie that this movie sorry uh, stalled her acting career and was one of the main reasons that she had to turn to voice acting oh. now there isn't any context added on to that so I presume somebody needs to go into IMDB and to add on to that but I am surprised that because she is quite good like the performance mm. is, is, is very yeah, good when she's crying on the bus I thought she was fantastic yeah. and I, I am surprised that you know I'm looking at her and going why was it poorly received as, at the time I think it was more like she was stuck as a child. Mm, like a very teen role. Yeah, like it was It was a teen thing. Like you just get, yeah, she's just, yeah, literally stuck mm. there. Like, um, I guess like Michael J. Fox, how he was just kind of a kid for a while and then kind of wasn't much for a long time because everyone kind of looked at him and saw Mighty McFly. Yeah. Yeah. So fair. I guess it's, yeah, I, I can kind of see. It. I mean, Pia Miranda was quite Australia famous at the very least. Mm. Like she did that. I think she went and did some stuff like All Saints and a few other things where she tried to be older. Mm. But I think she has been a. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of her in the past 10 plus years. What voice work did she do? Do we know Mm. that? I think we're just looking it up. I'm just bringing up her (laughs) filmography right now. Um, Looking behind the curtain. So, Looking for Alibrandi was the breakout role for her and um, did really well on that. Uh, She was then in the following films in the 2000. Let's go from 2002 to 2008 because that's where the most of these are. She was in Queen of the Damned as Jessie's roommate. Uh, she was Queen in... of the Damned is in the like Aaliyah Stuart Townsend like vampire Anne Rice thing. Uh, it is, yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Yeah, so she was in that. That would have been very much after this, like, so that would have been pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, Garage Days, The Doppelgangers, Traveling Light, Right Here, Right Now, The Girl Who Swallowed Bees, which I'm just making a note of. There's a short (laughs) film that she was in. Uh, Three Blind Mice, The Tender Hook. And the last film she was in was a 2015 short called Telepathy. You're right, she has done a lot of television. She was on Neighbours for a year before this film. She was in All Saints the year this film came out. She was in The Secret Life of Us. Yes, Um, that's where I mostly know her from. Yeah, she was in eight episodes of Wentworth. Um, She was in an episode of True Story with Hamish and Andy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So... That that sort of thing, um, yeah. It's it, it it does seem a shame because yeah, she was she was very good in this. Yeah, yeah uh, And finally, I just wanted to look at some of the awards that Looking for Alibrandi won uh, from the AFI, the Australian Film, Film Institute. Uh, it won five uh, AFI awards. Uh, it won Best Film of that year, so yeah. well done. Uh, Best score. Pia Miranda did get Best Lead Actress. That's good. Uh, Best Supporting Actress went to Greta Sketchy, who played her... The mother. uh, Yep, the mum. It was Best Adapted Screenplay for Melina Marchetta, who was the author and adapted her own screenplay. Okay. That that, that can go really well or really badly. In this case, it seems to have gone pretty well. It'd be interesting if people have said that it's better than the book. Yeah, and maybe that's the point. Like, Mm. some things work better, like... There's, I can think of plenty of ones where the person's adapted them and it's been horrible because mm. they can't. They can't let go. Of they can't let things. go of bits yeah. of their baby. Like and George up, Lucas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not strictly speaking, adapting a book, but yeah. But there's also like, um, like I think Patrick Marber did Closer. Mm. Like he wrote the play and then he did the thing. Mind you, he essentially just did the play again, but as a film. Yeah. So that's not so hard to not cut. Really but good. like a book mm. is probably quite difficult. Mm. So hats off. And the final award was Best Film Editing for Martin Connor. So Because of the book slap. 
that absolutely sealed the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fairness, yeah. It they was... were all watching and they got up to that moment. Everyone's like, tick. Yeah, one, other, one other bit I liked about <laughs> film editing is how it starts at the beginning and it's got a weird sepia tone on it. Mm. And you're like, okay, is this like a travel back oh, in like time? The and then it just keeps filter. going, keeps yeah. going. And then you actually see, you know, the woman on the cover, like, you know, Josie. And you're like, oh, no, this is just now. It's just a weird reflection on like, how you kind of feel like everybody's stuck in the past. Mm. Mm. Well, she said, yeah, culture. they might as well have not left the island. And then yeah. she's talking about Sicily. Like, Sicily, yeah. yeah. It's like they all live yeah. there still. And uh, the the two uh, Dutchmen who were um, stranded <laughs> on, on the Why Australian shoreline. Why is this on IMDb? I'm looking for Ella Brandy. I, I just pulled it up. It was Jan Pelgrim, or Jan Pelgrim at Dubai, to give him his full name, and Water Lose. Not... Waterloo. But, but how did he feel when he won the war? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He just kept going. Whoa, 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 whoa. But yes. Um, so for anyone who's interested in people marooned on the Australian mainland, uh, that is who it was. They've so. been waiting for this podcast to turn to their yeah. favourite subject. Yeah. yeah, they've been waiting for the Batavia Catch Up Club, where yeah. we just talk about one one shipwreck and one shipwreck alone. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this podcast. All that remains is for us to score the film, and Anna. You get to go first because it was your first time, and she's so excited, folks. She's not pulling faces at all. <laughs> what score would you give? Looking for Ella Brandy out of ten. Out of ten, oh, that's what I was wondering. Um, probably a six. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> you can you can score the film however you wish. No, I think a six. I think I, I was elements of it I really loved. I think for it to be a movie that I would ever watch again, it would have to be re re. I have to have a different sort of more I mean, active storyline. Mm. But as a slice of life, I think it's really charming. So six. Mm. Mm. And Jason, for you? Um, I'm going to give it eight sarcastic comments. Mm. <laughs> or, um, yeah, sarcastic comments just in the, like, the narration yeah. out of ten. I'd say I was quite charmed by it, I think. I feel like we lost the narration. We did, but it came back every now and then. Yeah. Like, like you know, you'd see some bits. And I kind of, I think the narration disappeared after John died. And yeah. maybe that's a I, I, point. Because like, yeah. there would have been plenty of time. Yeah, there's kind of plenty of time to narrate because I guess she's also stopped, stops feeling less um, isolated okay. as well because other people are coming in. Like she usually has to go, oh, this family, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. she gets um, Jacob. Yeah. 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 Uh, she gets Jacob. There's a lot of Jane names all that in this stuff. Film. Yeah. And then she gets her dad to talk to sh- to stuff about yeah. too. She's able to talk more, so the narration kind of disappears. I think the last time is where um, she's narrating and she's like, "Oh, I'm going home with the wrong guy," and he's got. And then they both say "combi van" at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and then behind it is the vet, is the motorbike and mm. so on. I think, but I like I liked it. Yeah, I mm. think that this is a pretty good film. It it, it didn't quite grabbed me in the way that I think that it's meant to. And it might have grabbed you more in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Had I been rocking around in in 2000, and particularly if I'd been going through high school at that time, uh, Mm. or if I was a year 12 person watching this film, I'd be like, oh, this speaks to me. But um, it it was, it's good. It's it's pretty good. I definitely think it's worth a watch, particularly if you live outside of Australia. Mm. Um, I think this this does a pretty accurate representation of that time period, um, even though I previously said I have a very stress-free one. Um, but but I think a lot of people who I've spoken to about this film in the lead-up to watching it have said um, that it reflected their experience. Because yeah. Ellen had to study it. Ellen too. had to study it, and she said um, that, yeah, it kind of, she felt was a pretty good representation um, of that mm. time period. So, look, I liked it. I'm kind of like Anna. I don't think I'll be rushing to go and watch it again. Um, But I also think that it's definitely worth watching. So I'm going to give it six and a half books to the face (laughs) out of ten. To a Star Wars character. Yes, because she's... um, Sam Wessel. Yeah. Who I'm informed is in a Star Wars. (laughs) I was low-key obsessed with Sam Wessel from that movie. Really? She's so cool. I loved her outfit. I thought she was such a cool character and I always wish there was well, more information. there was information. really nothing going for that no, film. She, so you had to find something. I think it was mostly in my mind it was like a cool female space assassin. That's mm. tight. There was also a lizard Also woman. a shapeshifter. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah, anyway. and she, it's like... Yeah. God, episode two was a bad film. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zam Wessel was in it, everybody. It, like that, that weird chase scene. <laughs> yeah. That's what she's in. 
And then, like, literally, it's like, why does the bounty hunter hire another bounty hunter to do the bounty hunting? Yeah. Because Zam Wassel's the best. Yeah. <laughs> best in the biz. Maybe he was just trying to, like, you know, throw a bone. It's like, oh, I'm really down on my luck. My nose is broken. <laughs> here, here. Take this take one. This. You might be able to. I will to. admit that her method Here's of assassination you- is pretty whack because she cuts a hole in the glass. And instead no, of shooting the-, the princess through it, she puts poison she put- bugs in. Yeah, poison <laughs> like, worms. This is going to work hmm. perfectly. It doesn't work. Perfectly. Poison worms that are clever enough to hide from other people. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Anyway, we'll get to, we'll get to episode two one day. <laughs> leave me out. Oh, yeah, please leave me out too. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, I'll have to be there because uh, that's that's the rules. Um, but that is all for this week. Um, Anna and Jason, thank you very much for joining me to watch Looking for Alabrandi. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening in at home, thank you for listening in. You picked this film. That's right. This film was an audience choice. Uh, the Patreons got to nominate it. They did so by going to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast and leaving their suggestions there. And then our Facebook followers got to vote for it by going to facebook.com, searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club, liking the page and voting for the poll when it turned up. And uh, we have quite a few more episodes of this podcast in the back catalogue. If you're new, uh, by all means, welcome. This is basically what it's like every week, um, <laughs> but with a different film. Uh, so it, it's not one of those where we just watch the same film over <laughs> and over again. Uh, because <laughs> Finding Ella Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking for looking for Ella looking Brandy. For... <laughs> is she over here? No. no. Um, but yeah. Yes, if... actually. Yes. Yes. Actually, she was in the whole film. Film. Yeah. There's three of them. Mm. But if you want to follow us and hear our opinions on other films, uh, now that Australia Month is complete, we'll be moving on to the rest of world cinema uh, throughout the rest of the year. <laughs> what have they made? They well, made anything good out there. Well, uh, there's a little film called Green Book that we'll be doing in the near future. Uh, that was last year's Best Picture nominee. and We'll be uh. looking at it one year on. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. If you want to follow us and make sure you get a fresh episode each and every week, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in your podcast provider of choice. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're probably on others. But that's all for this week, so until next time, goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.